Previously on Adventure They Wrote. Max is going to look at our shadow and say, if you really want to make sure that she gets on this ship, then you need to help us take care of these goons. Without even hesitating, he stands right with you, ready to meet these guys. So I want all of you to roll initiative. If they look like they're going to continue to do violence to us, then Gilly will attack them. Oh, uh, yeah, they 100% look like they're going to do violence. I'd like to think at this point, there's like a cut scene to the Countess who's just like happily day drunk. <laughs> you know, we never did get your name. My name is Mons Gruckenson. As in Gruckens' son? Uh, he nods. Yeah, we should definitely talk later. They call it the City of Splendors, Jewel of the North. In the grove, the elders said it was an abomination. Destruction to everything we hold dear. I made my way here hot on the heels of corruption. I had no idea what I was in for. Nobles vying for power. Thugs roaming the alleyways. A mystery around every corner. But with good friends and great meat pies, it's not that bad. Sure, to some, it's the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's just water deep. So far in the adventure, the Waterdeep Detective Agency has been contracted by Odra Dyersbane to find the murderer of her husband, Grucken Axehaft, the head of the Luskin crime family. Through their investigations, they've determined that a series of arsons in the South District may be connected to Grucken's murder. They've identified a mistress that was a lounge singer in the Jade Dancer. And they defended her from an assassination attempt by the Thrice Tusk Brigade, a mercenary task force well-known in Waterdeep. They were aided in the defense of Trieste, the mistress, by a cloaked man that revealed himself to be Mons Gruckenson, the son of the murdered Grucken Axehaft. That brings us up to... 17 Leafall, and the adventurers have awoken rested and restored and are making their way into the offices of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Doran will get to the office first. He lives close by in a really, really cheap apartment. And uh, he likes to bring a 12-pack of Chulton meat pies so everyone can have a nice uh, breakfast when they get in. So he's just waiting, waiting with his pies. Celine will go in next, and as she walks in the door, she'll go, Ugh, what is that smell? Dang it, Doran, would you leave those things at home next time? Oh, come on, you, you know you want one. I'll offer you a meat pie. I, I really do not. Gilly would arrive probably before everyone to drop off the paper, but then he would, uh, you know, go out about his business in the morning and then come back a little bit later on, um, probably before the Countess arrives, but after everybody else. So if Celine and Doran are um, hanging out, uh, Gilly would show up, throw open the door, and say, Ah, good morning, everyone. How's it going? Pretty good. Just really need to get rid of that smell right now. Oh, hey, Doran, did you bring them meat pies? I love them things. That's right. (laughs) Have a couple. Oh, this is so good. They hit the spot. Uh, I go over and Gilly will grab one of the meat pies and just chow down on it. And while he's got like half a pie in his face, 
he'll turn to whomever's assembled and say, I was just about to pick it up. Celine will look at him with disgust. Oh, ah, that's better. Oh, I said, did you see today's paper? You, you did. Okay, good. That's good. You see this, that the Skullport tourism booms as mushrooms make a comeback? Isn't that something? Max is going to climb from underneath his desk where he has been sleeping. <laughs> Put both hands on the on the top of the desk and look up and say, uh, did, "Did somebody say mushrooms?" Yeah. What? 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 What the hell are you doing here, Max? Why are you sleeping under the desk? Hey, it's comfortable. I, I, I because I I work here. Yeah, but don't you have somewhere to go? You know, like a place to live. Yes, I absolutely do. Can Gilly, you know, do a insight check on Max? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't think you need to. Harold, a 15 deception. <laughs> hey, you can crash with me anytime, friend. Uh, the Countess finally arrives, and as soon as she... She doesn't even hit the threshold of the doorway when she lets out a... a oh, my word. Um, did something die in here? No, that's just me. Oh, no, that's the meat pies. Chalton meat pies. Oh, do someone please open a window. And then she'll uh, go over to the desk where she sees the underpress uh, papers and as she's heading over she's going to just flick a coin over to Gilly and pick up her paper and sit in her comfy chair as per the usual. Gilly will just take a bite on the side of the coin just to make sure it's real. <laughs> Rude! Uh, just as just as the Countess is getting comfortable in her personal chair um, <laughs> there's a sharp knock on the door. And if any sort of knock could sound authoritative, it would be this knock. A cop knock. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, what happened now? Oh, right, that. <laughs> that. Sounds like the guards. <laughs> uh, 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 Max stands up, straightens up, pulls the, you know, the shirt down and uh, walks over to the door and uh, turns around and says, everybody look busy. And opens the door. The door opens to reveal a tortle. He is a pretty average tortle, except that he is draped in the colors of the Waterdeep Guard. And on his uh, lapel area, there is a badge that marks him as a sergeant of the guard. Now, Max, you actually have a history with this tortle. This is Croc. And for a long time, he was just a regular guard, and you've had uh, numerous run-ins with him in your history before your alignment changed. So he has kind of some preconceptions about you. And as a result, not a tremendous amount of respect for the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Mm. Sergeant Croc, funny of you to be darkening my doorstep. Been a while, Max. It has, it has. I hope that you are here on benevolent uh, business. Well, I'm here on business. Benevolent business. He sort of shrugs his turtle shoulders as much as he can in his shell. <laughs> Please do come in. He comes in and he, he kind of uh, looks around the office a little bit and gives it sort of an appraising glance. And he says, looks like you're doing pretty well for yourself these days. <laughs> uh, we get by. 
Do you need to see my paperwork? No, no. I, uh, I already checked it down at City Hall. I'm here about a ruckus on the docks the other day. Heard you might have been involved in that. Um, I don't know about a ruckus. I don't know if it had anything to do with the Thrice Tusk Brigade. I don't know anything about that. Fletch, does the Countess recognize Croc? No, Croc is Croc is below your radar. Okay. He's sort of the the guard that is nose on the grindstone, gets his work done. He doesn't play politics, so you wouldn't have seen him at any sort of city affairs or any of that kind of thing. He uh, he doesn't he doesn't play those games. All right, Fletch. How common are tortles in the city guard? Very rare. Croc is the only tortle in the city guard. There are actually not even that many tortles in Waterdeep as a city. I was going to say. So, yeah, Croc is a bit of an uh, artifact. Doran, can you turn into a tortle? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Notes for later. Gilly will turn to Croc and say, yeah, we're doing pretty okay here. We even got these uh, meat pies that Doran brings every morning. They're great. You want one? Yeah, you can have one if you want. They're Chelton. Please get rid of them. He arches an eyebrow at the meat pies and he says, I'm a vegetarian. That makes sense. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Gilly looks a little uh, horrified. He, f- he remembers now that turtles probably don't eat, you know, other turtles. Because <laughs> I'm sure that the Chelton meat pies probably have reptile in them. It's a distant cousin. It's a dinosaur meat. We're fine. Totally not the same. The Countess takes the opportunity to to um, withdraw from her from her bag the extra fancy uh, pastry that she always has on hand because she always assumes somebody is going to need it and offers that to Croc. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Does the Countess like is she like one of those ladies that just like stores stuff in her purse like from the restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna put this in here for later. She's an old lady, yes. <laughs> yeah. Fill my pockets with peanut butter, too. <laughs> she did it last time, and then it's super <laughs> handy. I love that she's got emergency pastries. She's like, like there's Werther's Originals in there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he does, he actually sort of, he does the thing where he is trying to act as professional as he can, but he gleefully accepts the pastry and... and Kind of uh, reserves his excitement, but you can tell he's pretty—he's pretty excited to have it. Well, the countess—the countess, the countess uh, uh, sort of uh, lets him know what the pastry is and where she got it from. Um, it's the finest—the finest that you can find in the city. Please do enjoy it. He says, "Well, uh, thank you very much, ma'am. I—you uh, know—I don't often frequent the finest establishments in the city, so I." I appreciate it. Oh, you're quite welcome. Um, person of your station should uh, should enjoy things every once in a while, wouldn't you say? Uh, he he actually he he uh, seems to blanch at that a little bit. Go ahead and roll an insight check. So I <laughs> would you believe I got a twenty three? Yes. <laughs> Of course you got a 23. Perfect. Yeah. Lucky number 23. Okay, so in addition to getting the idea that Croc might think you're getting ready to bribe him, you also get the idea that this is something he probably deals with a lot as Waterdeep sort of deals with this increased in organized crime. 
So he doesn't take it as kind of this casual banter. He takes it as you priming the pump for some sort of illicit offer. I think she's going to immediately um, look horrified and play it up extremely, extremely well and just say, oh, my dear, I do hope that you haven't mistaken um, my intent. It's rather beneath me. He, he nods, he, uh, but he sort of gives you the side eye just a little bit. Um, he seems appeased, but still wary. Uh, and he turns back to Max and he says, you know, what kind of looking and picking at the pastry in his hand, he says, Max, this, uh, this business down at the docks wouldn't have anything to do with this Gruck and Axe Haft business, would it? Uh, now that you mention it, um, can you can you give us any information about uh, what happened to Gruck and Axehaft? In a classic deflect <laughs> from the original question. <laughs> he looks up from the pastry, he meets your eyes, and he says, I can give you some information. Be best to leave it alone. Let the guards take care of it. Uh, we were under the impression that the guards didn't want to have anything to do with it. That's why we were hired. That's how they take care of it. They just kind of filed it in the recycling bin. He gives uh, Gilly the stink eye. I smile widely at him. There's no need to worry, sir. We're on the case. He says, you don't, you don't need to worry about that, Max. Just stay away from it. It's for your own good. Um, I'm going to tell you this as somebody who I have a history with. And now that I am a reformed goblin, a newfound respect for, I was hired to do a job. We're going to do a job. We're on the up and up here. We're not trying to bribe you. And he's, Max is going to look directly at the pastry. We want to do good work and we want to get paid for it. We've been hired. And so we're going to do the job. If you can help me, awesome. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Croc looks down at the half-eaten pastry in his hands, and he nods a little bit. He says, well, did what I could. Just know there are players at work here, Max, that are above you and me. I I, I get that. I, we can tell. I'm... We, we got hired thugs attacking us in the docks because we're trying to take a girl to a boat. That doesn't happen every day in Waterdeep. So, are you going to tell me who we should be looking out for? Or are we going to have to figure that out ourselves? Give me just a second to think here. Yeah, feel free to talk amongst yourselves. The, the guard, I mean... They should be a resource for us, right? Not our opponents. I don't know. It sounds like they're, we're doing trash work for them. Well, kind of. I mean, we're doing work that they would normally do, so they probably are mm-hmm. a little peeved by us. It's like they don't. It's like they're overwhelmed by all the new crime. So we actually be a boon to them, not a right. Yeah. Because ultimately, if we get somebody, we're bringing them right to those guys with all the evidence. For sure. It does seem that this turtle might actually be looking out for Max, or yeah. maybe he has ulterior motives and is being pressured to ask Max to stop. Yeah, that could be if he's corrupt or got or if his boss is right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb 
and say that he's not corrupt due to the reaction that he had to the pastry. Yes. Oh, sure, sure. His immediate reaction was, ah, you know, now we have to deal with this. So Croc, uh, again, so he, he seems to have lost his appetite. He, he puts the rest of his pastry down. It looks like he's sort of worried it more than he's eaten it. It's kind of uh, picked apart by his weird turtle hands. You can, you can hear the Countess tisk audibly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sort of, he, he puts it down on, on one of the little tables in the office. And he says, uh, look, Max... I came here as a courtesy. You know, we've got a history. I know you're trying to do better by yourself. I just wanted to let you know there's stuff going on above our pay grade. And then he, he kind of reaches into his cloak and he pulls out a piece of parchment and sort of leans over to put it on your tiny goblin desk and then stands up and kind of dusts the rest of the pastry crumbs from his fingers and says, good luck. And he exits the office as... Kind of not rapidly because he's a turtle, but efficient, e- efficiently. He 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 briskly turtle walks out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> As he goes to leave, uh, Max is going to reach over to grab the parchment, and he's going to call after him and say, "Sergeant." He's going to hold up the paper and say, "Thank you." Croc turns and and gives a nod over his shoulder. And then uh, he's gone. Max would like to read the parchment, please. On the parchment is an address in the dock ward. You are not entirely sure specifically what the address is, but you know it's in the area of the dock ward that is typically uh, where shipwrights operate. Okay, and it's just an address? It's just an address. Max is going to look around the room and... uh, He's going to hold up the parchment and say, well, looks like we got another clue. Do we want to head down as a group and check out this address in the docks ward? Yeah, I'd be down. Sounds like a good start of the day to me. You could get some more meat pies. I'm pretty full, thanks. Yeah, I'm up for all that. The meat pies, the dock ward. Um, Fletch, the letter that the Countess sent out to Frederick, I think she would have sent it out in the afternoon when everyone was at the dock ward. When do you think she might expect to receive a response? Uh, Knowing the pace of nobles and uh, sort of their, especially uh, he's, he's not like the layabout kind of old money, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't care noble. He is, uh, he's relatively powerful. Um, I believe I said he was on the list of like the 10 most powerful nobles that could move uh, on, you know, these houses. Yes, but not clever. Yeah. Uh, you would expect to hear back in the next day or so. Okay. It, it wouldn't be the very next day. Okay. Um, so the Countess um, nods in her agreement. Yes, let's um, let's be off. Um, the, the smell in here is rather... Oh, deathly. Has someone not opened a window yet? Max goes and opens a window. <laughs> says, we can get a draft in here. I, I, I may have, I may have smelled it up while I was asleep. <laughs> oh, my dear, I hardly think it's you. I, and then she sort of like looks 
squints her eyes down at the meat pies, but doesn't say anything further. Celine will look at her and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the pies. We need to go. <laughs> oh, let's. Uh, come on, guys, try one. No, no. Let's go check out the dock ward. Max grabs a meat pie as they leave. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sitting here thinking the stench can be both. Like it is not it's it's not a one or the other thing. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, she the countess was trying to spare his feelings. <laughs> I think there's a causal relationship there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Max eats meat pies. Max farts meat pies. <laughs> Welcome to the Water Deep Detective Agency. <laughs> Goblin farts. <laughs> T-shirt. Or a hashtag at the very minimum. <laughs> hashtag Goblin farts. <laughs> um, so you arrive at the address that uh, Croc gave you and find... Um, a shipwright's yard with uh, lots and lots of ships kind of in various stages of manufacture. There are workers kind of climbing all over them, uh, slathering tar into the seams and hacking away at great big beams to get them to fit into the right places. And everyone just seems very busy. What size ships are we talking about? Are these like ships of the line or are these like sailing boats? Countess, roll a history check. A twelve. These are medium-sized boats. These are not kind. Of, they're they're not like a a, a small fishing boat, uh, but they're also not large galleys. The ones that are nearer completion look to be about forty feet long. They look like trading ships. Your expertise lies more in sort of like what that smell is. Identifying different kinds of boats and stuff isn't uh, exactly in your wheelhouse. Would Gilly uh, know anything about these boats? I mean, I am from here. I live in the dock ward. Um, I'm certain that I've hung around, you know, the shipping area at times. You you actually that's a that's a really good point. You don't know anything about these boats specifically, but what you can say is that you have never in your entire life in the dock ward seen a shipwright working on boats like this. They look entirely foreign to the types of boats that are normally in the Waterdeep Harbor. Do they look like yachts to the Countess, maybe? They definitely do not look like pleasure craft. Okay. Do they have anything on them that's notable, like a design or an image or a word or something that would define kind of who or what it might be for? That is a great question. And can we name one Goblin Farts? Yes. <laughs> uh, go ahead and, and roll... 23 Goblin Farts. <laughs> go ahead and roll a perception check, Talia. Okay. Oh, it hit my mouse. That's a three. You don't see anything uh, spectacularly identifying about these boats. Fletch, is there anything that Gilly can tell about the construction of the boats? You said that they are obviously not something that would normally be uh, made here. Have I ever seen a ship or a boat that has entered the harbor uh, that has looked similar to it? 
Go ahead and roll a history check for me. That's going to be a 16. Uh, You have seen the occasional ship enter the harbor that does resemble these uh, to a small degree. Um, And those ships are Luskin trade vessels. Uh Is there anything about the crews working on them that's uniform? Like, are they all wearing the same thing? Are they all the same type of people? They are. It's a wide variety of people. They're um, uh, halflings, humans, half orcs, uh, dwarves, even. Uh, They're all kind of working together. They do all have the same emblem on their work vests. Other than that, they're, they're not all uniform in any other way. And which emblem is that? It looks like a, a shaft of stone emerging from a mountain. Interesting. The Countess is going to um, withdraw a fan from her handbag and just start fanning herself because the smell here is um, it's no better than it was in the office. The smell of the ocean. Is that what it is? <laughs> Never took, took a liking to that. Well, some of it. Um, is there any sort of uh, foreman's trailer or uh, an office or anything like that that is the the main hub of where ev- everything is happening? You can actually uh, see a dwarf kind of walking around with a clipboard uh, and um, he looks like the foreman. Max is going to stride over with a confidence and uh, walk up to this dwarf and say uh, hello sir, I'm uh, Maximilian Murphy. I have been hired by uh, a Luskin family to do some investigation on a, on a family matter, and I was wondering if you might be able to help me. He spares you the briefest of glances, and he says, Can't you see I'm busy, son? Do you have any idea how many boats I'm working on right now? Uh, more than one. I can see a bunch of them in production. Um, I just, I just need a, a slight minute of your time. He slaps the clipboard in his hands. He says, 36, 36 boats. It's the biggest order I've ever gotten. This order makes my fortune. You have any idea what that means to me? Uh, retirement and an easy life. No, it means I can expand. Are you Are you crazy? I can buy the, the lot next to me. I can dig out a, 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 a new lot. I can create ships three times as big as I can now. That sounds wonderful. I don't want to keep you from your work. I just want to know. I just... Oh, I just need a second. The countess is going to come over and say to the dwarf, Oh my, that's rather interesting. I should like to um, to ask you about um, a few things about your your shipping, um, uh, shipwritery, uh, what have you. Um, perhaps I can invest in your expanding business, but um, if you could do my colleague here a, a favor first... So he he just he gives you like the most long suffering look he possibly can until the word invest <laughs> leaves your lips and then his head snaps around he drops the clipboard to the side and he says yeah yeah of course uh, definitely why don't we come over here out of the sun uh, I'll give you all the time that you need and then he as as you're walking he sort of tosses the clipboard to uh, half orc and he's he you know, whispers something to him really quickly about taking care of the rest and then uh, heads off with you 
uh, to a, a, a small sort of seating area. How wonderful that you have helped to assist you like that on, on such short notice. You're, you're quite the businessman. Selena's going to walk up to Max while they're kind of getting situated and whisper to him, you should find out when they're going to finish these boats. Max nods and uh, Max is going to look at Doran and uh, do the whole like, look at Doran and then look at the half-orc that just walked away with the clipboard and then look at Doran and then look at the half-orc and try not to be too obvious about what he's trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Doran will step off to the side out of the view of as many people as he can and he will turn into a large wharf rat or something that's common around. Mm. I think a wharf rat, the people aren't kicking those things, are they? No, it's the, it's the dock district. Like they're, they're borderline pets. <laughs> Doran's going to turn into one of those big wharf rats and keep an eye on that half work. Okay. Let me roll a quick perception check for, I can roll stealth check if needed. No, that, that won't be necessary. But first he'll give Max a, a nod, a really big, like, mm-hmm, kind of nod. <laughs> uh, you got me. <laughs> okay, um, so let's do let's do Max and the Countess and Celine and Gilly talking to the foreman first, and then we'll go and we'll cover uh, what Brad overhears too. One thing, Fletch, that you should know about Gilly and his presence right now, uh, he's actually not around where everyone else is. He's wandered off, and he's talking to some of the dockhands. Got it. A man of the people. (laughs) So the dwarf sort of uses a really, like, oily, dirty rag to wipe off a a place for you to sit, Countess. (laughs) And then sort of, like, kind of gives a bow with both hands as if he's offering you some great uh, spot and steps off to the side. The Countess's smile is sort of like she's forcing it, so it's sort of quivering at the edges as she looks down at the filthy um, filthy chair, and um, she just sort of like leans into the chair, but is seated at the very, very edge of it. And she smiles and just sort of, you know, gives him a little wave with her, with her hand, and thank you. <laughs> Very kind. The the dwarf sort of offers you a little bow with both of his hands, uh, and and he seems really pleased that you liked your seat so much. Um, and he says, "So so, what brings you to Stonemast Shipwrights?" Oh well, um, we were here on business, um, and then I I was distracted by your business acumen and and your presence on the dock, but I digress. My uh, colleague here, Max, um, has some business to attend to, um, and perhaps you can help him. And then and then you'll invest, yeah? Oh, I should I should like to to uh, hear more about your business, of course. Max is gonna look up and say, "Hey, uh, so these are Luskin ships that you're building." He sort of looks around and, and takes in the 36-odd ships that are in different stages of manufacture. And he says, yeah, I've never built anything like this before. These are Luskin warships. Warships. Yeah, longboats. The Luskins use them for raiding and, and pillaging, all that business. 
I didn't realize that there was a market for that here in Waterdeep. Yeah, I was pretty surprised myself. Um, do you mind if I ask who ordered these ships? He says, uh, well, I'm not really supposed to say, but seeing as how he's dead, uh, that Gruckin Axe Haft guy. Gruckin? Hmm. Well, if he's dead, who's, uh, who's paying the bill? Prepaid for him. We're, uh, delivering to his, uh, old lady now. Oh, that's good. She's a, she's a wonderful woman. He looks at you like you're crazy. He goes, have you met her? Odor is terrifying. We are here on her behalf. Yeah, this guy definitely looks a little bit more afraid of you now than he was before. The Countess just clears her throat uncomfortably. <clears throat> We are, uh, we're trying to find out who murdered Gruckin because we're, you know, it's, it's a big deal. He says, well, it wasn't me. He was, he paid me to build these ships. Why would I kill him? I, who said that you did? Well, I don't know. You just said you're looking for his killer and you're here asking me questions. Well, you're, you're building ships for him. I, I just thought you might have an inside track. Max would like to, to, is there any sort of, um... I don't want to lean too heavy on the insight. Is there some sort of investigation that I can do here inside the office? You're, you're actually not inside an office. You're kind of in an outdoor sitting area. Um, but yeah, you could you could roll an investigation check right now. I got a, a, a 10, a flat 10. Flat 10. Uh, you're not really able to glean anything from this conversation or for what you're here uh, from what you're hearing from uh, this dwarf. But you do sort of you can understand why like this guy is getting paid a ton of money it's not likely he's the murderer for sure for sure max is gonna he'll look at celine and the countess and then he'll look back at the dwarf and uh he's gonna shake his head and say where's ah where are my manners i'm max what's your name uh, he introduces himself as Thorgan Stonemast. Of the Stonemast shipwrightery. He nods proudly. He says, yeah, my uh, my old man was a blacksmith. He wanted me to go into that. Uh, but I hate that. It's hot as hell. Well, Thorgan, uh, would you happen to know of any enemies that Gruckin and his family may have uh, encountered that would want him like legit dead and not just out of the way he laughs and laughs and laughs the the countess joins in (laughs) he says are you crazy Gruckin was the most prolific smuggler Waterdeep has ever known you want something taken to Skullport he can take it to Skullport you want something out of Skullport he can take it out of Skullport he was shipping stuff to Chult, to Neverwinter, everywhere. And before that, him and his old lady were some of the most fearsome pirates the West Seas have ever known. So what you're telling me is that people liked him because he got stuff done. People liked him because they got stuff done. And people feared him because he was one badass dude. Or whatever the... Dungeons and Dragons equivalent of a badass dude. <laughs> understood. Understood. Um, any of these enemies stand out as somebody we should take a look at? Thorgan gets in, leans in real close. Uh, and he says, word is 
them Kalashite boys wanted Grucken to move something that Grucken didn't want to move. They were pretty ticked off about that. But uh, I don't know if they'd kill him over it. The Kalashite boys. Uh, do we, uh, as the three of us in the room, or in the... in? in this outdoor meeting area. <laughs> uh, do we know the Kalashites? Yeah, so the Cal- the you are you assume that what he is referring to is a small organized gang um, that comes from Kalimshan, which is a southern uh, like the southwestern tip of Faerun. Um, it is it's the closest area to Chult. Um, and you know that this gang is kind of gaining a little bit more power and more wealth and more prominence um, through an, anti- an illegal antiquities trade in Chultan artifacts. Just writing all this down. Mm-hmm. Same. So Celine has been just kind of watching and like whipping her tail back and forth, kind of like a cat, just sort of annoyed by how this dwarf is not really... You know, he, he keeps clamming up as we're trying to get information. So she's going to walk up and just ask when... When are these ships supposed to be done for Grucken slash Odra? Thorgan tells you that uh, the initial contract was to have them completed um, within 18 months of order. And he is now eight months away from that date. We wouldn't have been together by that point. We wouldn't have formed the agency at that time. That's exactly right. The order for these ships came in before the formation of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Okay. Um, I am going to wander off and go talk to Gilly about what might have been happening in the Dock Ward um, about ten months ago. Uh, Max and the Countess, any more questions for... The Countess doesn't have any questions, but before we leave the scene, uh, she wants to message Doran and just say, come here for a moment, my dear. And she's going to pretend that she's dropped um, dropped something um, from her from her bag. Um, she's, it's it's going to be the, um, the agency calling card. She's going to fumble with it, drop it on the ground, and then lean down so that she could meet Doran for a moment. All right, Doran will pause his investigation and uh, <laughs> scamper over there. Uh, she's just going to really briefly touch um, and try not to not not to be squeamish about it because you do look like a filthy rat. <laughs> she's going to, with her pinky, touch you between the eyes um, and cast blessing of the trickster so that you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks for an hour. And then she's going to pick up her card and hand it over to uh, Thorkin. Well, thank you. But Warfrets can't speak, so he'll just nod and run back. <laughs> I don't anticipate that Doran has, like, lots of dirt on him all the time. <laughs> He's probably really clean. He just turned into a rat. He's, it's druid, natural, very... It's clean dirt. Communing with nature. Yeah. (laughs) Doran, tell me a little bit about how you want to conduct your investigation. Um, well, Max wanted Doran to tail the, was he a half-orc guy with the the ledger? And so Doran was going to just be in his, within rat earshot of him 
and look uh, occupied doing rat things. Okay, so most most of what you overhear is uh, this half orc like complaining about how rushed this job is and how unreasonable it is for them to try to build thirty six ships that they've never actually built before and they have no experience building in such a, a short time frame. Roll an investigation check. Uh, Sixteen. Yeah. So at, at one point he uh, the the half orc gets to um, a particular ship. And this is one of the larger ships on the, the lot. And at the bow in front is kind of a, a masthead that looks like a dire wolf that is emerging from the front of the ship. And uh, he looks at it and he says, he says, I've never built anything like this before. And I never will again. And if that lady doesn't like it, then she can pound sand. And the rest of what you hear is sort of basic grumbling and complaining about uh, uh, working conditions on the shipyard. All right. After, uh, it seems like I'm not going to get much more information from that. He'll scamper back, but probably after everything else has kind of resolved itself, I'm guessing. Because that was probably took a while. So now it is Gilly's turn, and Gilly, I want you to talk to me a little bit about how you're sort of cozying up to these dock hands uh, to get information from them. Fletch, what Gilly wants to do is he wants to, you know, approach them and just kind of, um, you know, at first spend a little bit of time just observing what they're doing, and then just try to get like one of their attention, you know, like somebody's attention. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, which kind of dock hand it is. It doesn't matter if it's a foreman or, or if it's just a worker. Um, and um, Gilly is just basically presenting himself as part of the Waterdeep underpress, and he had some questions that he wanted to ask uh, because he's doing a piece. Um, on the conditions of the uh, workers down at the docks. Great. Could you could you roll some sort of either charisma or persuasion? I believe this is probably a charisma deception check. So I'll try that. Okay. Yeah. That is a fourteen. Okay. You find your mark pretty quickly, and it's a. Uh, a guy who seems to um, be slacking off a little bit. He's not working as hard as the others, and he looks tired. And you, you think he might be a pretty easy guy to talk to and, and sort of get information about uh, what's going on. So Gilly approaches him when he has a spare moment. You know, he makes sure that he's not interrupting him in the middle of his uh, of his work cycle. He'll wait until he takes like a short break, and then he'll walk up to him and introduce himself. Hey there, how's it, how's it going? Uh, you look like you're a little, uh, little tired out. And he produces uh, from his pockets an apple. Why don't you take a break? Let's talk. The guy uh, who is a human and uh, does not smell good takes the apple and kind of nods. He's like, yeah, I'm a uh, late night. Um... Probably shouldn't have stayed out so late. I'm, yeah, I'm real tired. Oh, you know, I, I, I see all you is working out here, you know, so hard. And I'm just wondering, um, are you, are you, are you, you happy? 
are you, is everything all right out here? You look like you're working real hard to get these ships done. The guy, uh, he kind of nods. He's like, oh, I mean... Like, maybe too hot. It's a living, right? And it pays the rent, and I, I have enough to go and get drinks with the guys. So I, it's all right, but yeah, it's hard work. I'm real tired. But, well, you know, hard work is, is good work, but you're not being overworked, right? Who's your boss? So Thorgan's the foreman. He works us all pretty hard, but, like, we got to get this stuff done, you know? Like, the client needs their boats, and if we build the boats, then other people will order them. And so we get to, you know, keep working and getting paid for it. But these are these are a lot of boats from one order, and, and it looks like... You you working real hard on these things? Is there some sort of you know deadline? They're supposed to be done in like eight months, and I don't know if we're gonna get them done in time. And so if we don't get them done in time, we all gotta work at like half pay until we get them done. Well, that's that doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, you're working as hard as you can. Yeah, but you gotta get them done. It's like my job. He takes a, he takes a big bite of the apple and then like yawns halfway through chewing it. Do you think that maybe you know, this isn't the best job for you? Maybe you had other you know aspirations. Uh, you know, now that you mention it, there was one time I wanted to be a wizard. Um, but you gotta know how to read to do that. I don't know no, how to read. It's not all it's cracked up to be, but you know, at least you can look at the nice pictures, right? He nods his head. Do you have a do you have a supervisor maybe that, you know, I could talk to? You see, I'm my name's Gilly Goodnight and uh, I work at the Waterdeep Underpress, one of the papers in town. And I I'm trying to do a little story here on uh, on the conditions down at the docks and what you are going through. He says, uh, well, Thorgan is the, the foreman, but you could talk to Kurg, who is my supervisor. So Gilly has uh, clearly identified this guy, does not know anything, and is not going to be really helpful to him. So he's just kind of trying to kind of extricate himself from this conversation to find somebody else that is not the foreman that is kind of, like, at least knows a little bit more about what's going on here. Kurg is the half-orc. He's the one that Thorgan gave the um, clipboard to when he uh, went to go talk with the Countess and Max and Selene. Before Gilly gets to Kurg, Selene is going to wander up. She had left the conversation earlier. Um, Gilly... Do you know what was going on like 10 months ago at the docks? They've been working on these boats for 10 months. Yeah, it seems like it's a long time, but they're, uh, these are pretty intricate from what I can see. Do you think there was anything that was happening that could have caused them to want to order something like this? I don't know. Let me think back a little bit. Um, does Gilly know anything about something that would have prompted some sort of order like this? Or is this just something that kind of just started overnight roll a history check that would be a natural 20 so a total of 20 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, to 23 Right. No, Gilly is, uh, Gilly is, uh, you know, average intelligence, so. Oh, and it's Gilly that rolled the 22. Okay. We're really good at remembering things. Yeah. Um, around that time, uh, you do know that one of the Luskin warehouses that they used to move contraband closed and did not reopen. And it has remained vacant ever since. And this is, this is, it's relatively, it's not like super expensive real estate. It's not, it's not Seattle. It's not like a three bedroom, two bath house in Seattle. Um, but it's nothing to sneeze at either. Okay. Uh, Gilly's going to go ahead and relay that information to Celine, uh, what he recalls. And, um, then he wants to, uh, let her know and he'll, you know, just say to her, yeah, I, I would like to talk to that Kurg guy. Um, I don't really want to talk to Thorgan yet, but I think if we can get Kurg alone, we might be able to get some more information out of him. Sounds like a good idea. Thorgan seemed too interested in the Countess and her investments. I don't think we were going to get much more out of him. Yeah, let's, uh, maybe we can get that Kurg guy uh, by himself, and then we can talk a little bit to him about what's going on. I'll tag along. I can help persuade him, should it be necessary. Yeah, it's always appreciated, Celine. you know. All right, Gilly is uh, going to go ahead and try to ask around and try to find Kurg. Yeah, you get pointed in the right direction, and you find him sort of overseeing a crew of workers that are uh, planing lumber to get lumber all in a, in a uniform size. Great. Um, one of the things I'm going to be doing, Fletch, while I'm you know, kind of making my rounds of the docks. I would like to get a handle on, like, what the security situation is down here. Um, are these boats, you know, like, obviously there's people going to and fro right now, but are there any guards? Is there anybody else that's, like, sort of wa- doing any kind of overwatching on the area uh, so that I have a sense of how well protected this area is? Uh, roll a perception check for me. 16. There are a handful of guards. There aren't a lot. Um, but it looks like the guards are more uh, after uh, or, or more protecting like the tools and the people than they are the actual boats because like who's gonna steal a boat right so um, there there isn't a ton of guard activity great um, so that's just sort of a, a you know a mental note Gilly's gonna file away for later Um and then, uh, yeah, I'm just going to make my way to wherever Kurg is located, and uh, and I'll wait for a, a good moment in, uh, you know, his work to break in and, and introduce myself. So he sort of gives these guys some encouragement or some direction or something like that, and then kind of walks away from them a little bit and starts making some notes on his clipboard with, a like, a charcoal pencil type thing. Uh, so Gilly kind of walks up to him at that moment. Hey, uh, are, are you the guy they call Kurg? Yeah, that's me. I hear you're one of the guys in charge around here, one of the supervisors. Yeah, I, I run these crews when Thorgan's doing other stuff. That's good, that's good. You, you, you know, my name's Gilly Goodnight. I, I'm with the Waterdeep Underpress. Um, I'm wondering, how, how are things going here? How's, uh, how's the work? 
we're doing a little piece on uh, sort of the condition of the dock workers. He, he uh, looks at you um, suspiciously, and he says, uh, "Works fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great." So, Fletch, am I getting anything off of that? Um, does he seem like he's trying to dodge or evade? Well, he seems like he's a little concerned that the newspaper is asking about the working conditions. Has the Waterdeep underpress ever uh, done like hit pieces on the working conditions in other places? Probably not. Okay. I'm just trying to go ahead and, you know, sort of fake it till I make it with him. Sure, sure. Perhaps I'm injecting a bit of uh, modern reality into uh, the game too much, and he's worried that you're trying to get these guys to unionize or something. Um. No, he uh, so he he does look a little suspicious that you're asking around, um, but he also seems pretty sincere that these guys work hard, but that they you know are well treated and and like their jobs a lot. Yeah, I, actually, that's what I heard from the workers too. It sounds like it sounds like you got a good thing going over here. Um, that's why I wanted to kind of you know make sure that my story was on the up and up and give you guys a paint you guys in a good light compared to some of them other other dock hands. He seems pretty happy with that. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've worked at a few of these shipwrights, and, and Stonemast is the best, hands down. Yeah, so uh, what can you tell me about Stonemast? Uh, how long have you been working there? I've been here uh, uh, years now, three years. Is this the biggest order you ever had for Stonemast? This seems like a huge order. Hands down, but he's the only one uh, that was willing to build Luskin raiding ships. Yeah, oh, that these are Luskin raiding ships, huh? Who wants Luskin raiding ships? He looks around before he answers, but he seems like too excited to share this information, <laughs> as if he doesn't he doesn't get a, a ton of opportunity to talk drama with people, and uh, and he gets in kind of conspiratorially, and he's like he says, uh, well, uh, between you and me, that Grucken Axehaft guy placed the order, but then he got uh, he got killed outside that club. So then, his old lady came in, she took a look at the boats, she said she would accept the order. Grucken paid up front, so, I mean, no skin off our backs, right? We're still working like crazy to try to complete the order in time. Did she give you any uh, hints as to what a fine socialite like herself might want to do with all these raiding ships? He laughs, he says, fine socialite, Odra Dyerbane. I smile back at him. You know what I'm talking about. He laughs and nods to he says uh, you ever see the look in a hungry dog's eye when it, get, it when it sees a piece of meat oh yeah many a time yeah that's what she looked like hmm wonder what she wants to do with all these ships well she's paying for them so you're building them does she ever you know get a chance to come out and inspect the ships so that they're meet her specifications she only came out once after Grucken died and she really only took a look at the big one and he gestures with his head to the largest ship on the lot hmm. all right all right that's it's good stuff well you know Kirk I appreciate all the time it's I'm gonna write a great piece here for the Waterdeep underpress and hopefully my boss will accept it um, you know you have a great organization here and your workers work real hard, so you know keep up that that good work. And hey, you know if you if you ever want to you know sit around and have a pint, you know I'm I'm over you know I'm just on the edge of the of the district here, in the ward. You can always uh, pop by, just you know come by to Water Deep Underpress's offices and come say hi. 
He gives you a big thumbs up. He says, you got it. Thanks, Gilly. Good meeting you, Kurg. Good luck with these ships. I'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. So Gilly's going to go ahead and depart. Um, I, I imagine Celine was sort of in tow. Yeah. Um, she didn't really didn't really say much, but... Just kind of listening. She was there to um, help persuade if necessary. Well, it sounds like we got a lot of good stuff out of this guy. Um, I turn to Celine and talk in a hushed tone. Uh, Gilly uh, walks away from, like, sort of the immediate area, work area of the docks um, with Celine. And says, hey, uh, I think I got a plan, but um, why don't we get the rest of the group together so I can go over some of it? Celine will just nod and then look around to see if she can find the rest of the group. I think it's something that uh, you'll be particularly interested in doing. Sounds excellent. So, Fletch... Um, what Gilly would like to do is, you know, he'd like to... Obviously, he's going to follow Celine back to wherever the rest of the group is. Uh, but Gilly um, is making sort of... He's been kind of keeping mental notes on what's been going on. Um, ideally, what I think I would like to propose to the group um, is I'd like to go ahead and see if we can maybe get ourselves on one of those ships like that big one that mm-hmm. Odra has uh, has looked at uh, after hours when the dockhands have all gone home. <laughs> so uh, I think that uh, between Celine, myself, and probably Max, um, the three of us probably, well, and Doran too, actually, to be honest, um, I think all of us would probably be interested in, in uh, some uh, night outing. Mm-hmm. The Countess might even be up for a little excitement. Yeah. That's true. She does like adventure. She does like adventure, and she uh, hasn't used di- disguised self in a while, so... That's true. <laughs> I was going to say, she puts on her best sneaking gown. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Hey everybody, it's uh, Jason, a.k.a. Max, your second favorite goblin. What will we get up to when the sun sets and we creep back to the shipyard under the dark of night? Is Croc actually looking out for our little company, or is he just covering his own shell? You'll have to tune into episode 6 of Deep Trouble to find out. And hey, I just want to say a few quick thank yous. First of all, thanks to you for listening to the show. We have received a bunch of really great feedback and messages about the shows that we've put up so far, and we really appreciate you guys reaching out and listening and sharing and all of that stuff. So please, keep it up. It's really great. Thank you so much. And second, I want to say thank you to Tabletop Audio. I produce the show every week, and Tim has graciously allowed us to use all of their sound effects and their 10-minute ambiances. So if you are looking to add some great audio to your game nights, please do check out tabletopaudio.com and consider donating to their Patreon, because all of their stuff is free to use, so check it out. Now, it is Halloween on the day that this airs, and while we may not have costumes in this episode, you won't want to miss next Monday's live stream game as we participate in Extra Life out at Wizards of the Coast. We are going to be broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd during the Dragon Talk time slot. That's 2 until 4 p.m. Pacific time, Monday, November 5th. We've got a bunch of donation perks available for you to play along with in the game, so check out the Extra Life links that we have posted All of the proceeds are going to benefit Children's Hospital here in Seattle. So please tune in and play along as we play games to help benefit kids. 
And that is it for now. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing the show with your friends. And we are excited to see you next time for more mystery. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 AdventureTheyWrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org.